Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. series, but I have a special treat for you, uh, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's also a special treat for me because I'm not preaching today. Uh, I've actually brought a friend of mine uh, here today, and his name is Scott Harvey, and Scott, uh, let me tell you a little about Scott. Scott and I met many years ago. I want to say 1998, Scott. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. yeah ish. 1998-ish, and uh, Scott and I were serving in a youth ministry together, and uh, it was he and my buddy Jason and I, and we were, we were three peas in a pod. Uh, I guess the saying is two peas in a pod, but we were three. We were the weird pea, I think. We were the weird, we were the weird pod. So we had three. Anyway, we, we, did, we were very uh, related in everything that we did, and so we wound up spending a lot of time together. And uh, I will tell you, this is part of my journey, my spiritual journey back to Christ. When I walked away many, many years ago, Scott played an incredible role in that because up until my time with him and spending time with him after, uh, after I was divorced and, and after all the things in my life went wrong, I spent time with Scott. And Scott was the one who prayed with me and walked with me and led me back to a relationship with Christ. And so I'm very thankful for Scott. He has, uh, again, a, a pivotal point, a pivotal uh, relationship in my life. And so uh, Scott was also in my wedding a few years later. And, and now current day, uh, we, were, we were looking for a uh, youth pastor Kelly Spicer uh, started our youth ministry, and she said, "Aaron, you got six months to find somebody." And I said, "Okay, I'll find somebody in six months." And so I reached out to Scott, who was a uh, let him tell you about his youth ministry work in uh, in Virginia, uh, West Virginia or Virginia, Virginia. Oh, not the West one. All right, so, ugh, sorry, Virginia. And, uh, and he was a youth minister there, and I said, would you come and would you love on our kids and bless them? And he said, absolutely. And so I thought it would be great for you to uh, hear from our youth pastor today. Would you please welcome Scott Harvey to the stage? That's pretty awesome. I sound better than I am. That was a good intro. So, hey, can everybody smile real big? Let's get a selfie. I just want to get a selfie with everyone real quick. All right, so everybody, is everybody smiling? All right, um, all right, real, real big, real big smile. All right, wave. There we go, perfect. That's excellent. So I, let me start, I just want to start by just a survey of things we're thankful for. Is anybody thankful for something this morning? Is anybody thankful? Let me see. Is anybody, yeah? So who's thankful for, for good, strong, who woke up and said, I love, I'm thankful for coffee. Thank God for coffee. Thank God for, oh, amen, yes. Who, who's, who's thankful you didn't wake up in the morgue today? Is anybody just thankful? All right, that's fair. Who's, who's, who's thankful that, if, uh, if this applies to you both hands, who's thankful you woke up good looking today? Just see him. Oh, there we go. Look at the person next to you and say, he's, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. You know that's true. That's, this is a good looking church. What did you do, Aaron, when you started the church? You just put an ad in the paper. It's like, all the good looking people in Reynoldsburg, would you, you want to come out and start a church with me? Is that what you, I think that's what happened. This is a good looking crowd. Awesome. I, I am thankful for God who changes reputations. And I am thankful for better. 
And I know a couple weeks ago you started this series and we started talking about better is one day. And I believe you had a scripture to memorize. Now, how many of you, be honest, re- memorize that scripture. Better is? All right, what about you on Periscope? Did you memorize that? I'm not used to being on camera. The camera adds 10 pounds, which is 10 I didn't need added. Thank you. Um, Uh, No, a little over a year and a half ago, I was well over 300 pounds, and I was like, I got to do something about this. So I started doing 5Ks, and actually, I just completed my first half marathon about a month and a half ago. That's fun. Which is a horrible idea. I mean, a horrible. I I don't even like driving 13 miles. And and, and to to run it was, why? Who's a runner in here? Why? Why? Just... I don't get it. So I'll do another one soon. When I started doing, uh, I did, I'm a little, a little sore today. I did a CrossFit wad on Saturday. Who, who knows CrossFit? Let me see the, any, cross, any CrossFitters here. Okay. No, a couple? A couple? Okay. Um, well, if you, if for those of you not familiar, CrossFit um, is an exercise program uh, developed by Satan himself. <laughs> and it is designed to torture soul, body, and spirit and crush you. Um, so I did that. So I did that. And uh, I apologize in advance, I'm a spitter, so front row, <laughs> you're, you're in for it. We're having a good time. That's what the bags are for. It's like Gallagher preaching today. It's just going to happen. Um, so we also then, we went into the second week, and it was better one handful. Who remembers your scripture? Woo, give her a hand. That was... You get an extra coffee today. That was... That was good. And then last week, I believe it was on wisdom, right? Better. Oh, that was good. You should know that one. Okay. <laughs> so today, we're, we're going to talk about a better name, a good name. So here's your, your description. I want you to say it with me. We're going to go to Proverbs 22.1. Proverbs 22.1. Now, if you're not familiar with where Proverbs 22 is, it's right after Proverbs 21. So turn, turn to Proverbs 21, flip over, you'll be right there. I'm so good at helping people navigate a Bible. Proverbs 22.1. By the way, it's also right before 23, if that helps any of you uh, in there. So it says this in the scripture, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So can we say that together? Is that okay? Can everybody say that with me? We'll say it nice and and loud so that those listening on podcasts can hear you as well. All right. A one and a two and a, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So silver, gold, Success, power, wealth, these things speak better a lot of times. But this scripture is saying that your name is better than those things. So just a little bit more about me. Aaron and mentioned I had my former student director in, uh, in Virginia, a little town of Roanoke, Virginia. It was 40 minutes outside of the home of Virginia Tech Hokies. And I love both Virginia Tech Hokie football and Ohio State football. So the last two seasons have been a little difficult for me. You're like, I'm up and down the entire game. Yay, oh, yay, oh. But that's where I, I was a student minister for five years, and we had a, a wonderful opportunity to grow a ministry 
uh, of students from 12 to averaging 112. We had 416 students come through uh, the ministry in about five years' time. I uh, had a chance to work with the local schools and local fellowship of Christian athletes and local Young Life clubs and served as the chaplain of the football team at the high school. So I got to go and pray with the guys and help serve meals and watch football. And the, the year that I got to do that, that was their worst record ever. Like there were so many, there were so many broken ankles. Like they came into Friday lunches like, pray for this, this got hurt. Pray for this, this got hurt. I don't know what happened, but then like two years later, state champions, go figure. So I say it was the seeds that were sown before that brought them to that state championship. So I did a little bit of that, but long, long, long time ago, uh, I was born to a very young mom in 1973. How many of you remember 1973? Casey and the Sunshine Band was on, baby, right? So my dad was in the military, and unfortunately, it was a very typical story in the 70s. So my dad and my mom split. I wasn't even old enough to walk yet. And my mom, being a single mom, in the 70s, divorced, doesn't look very good, we move into the housing projects in Greenville, South Carolina. Now, in the South, in Greenville, South Carolina, literally the housing projects right on the other side of the railroad tracks. So I was building three housing projects in Greenville, South Carolina, and that's how my life started. And that's all that I knew in the beginning. We didn't have a great reputation going on at this point in time. Everything looked really bad. I knew about kind of a failing school system, and uh, I knew about things like getting the cheese block from the Staples store. We had Staples stores, greenbacks, where you lick the little stamps on the books, and you had to go in, and you'd buy food staples, and actually they were provided from government subsidies. And this was, I'm going to be honest with you, though, the cheese block was really some of the best cheese you've ever had in your life. I'm just going to be real honest with you. If you never had the cheese sandwich, and I used to be able to make it with an iron because I was too young to use the stove, so we would iron this. I'm not lying. Put a sandwich between a paper bag. You ironed the paper bag. You made a grilled cheese sandwich if you're three years old. You just had the MacGyver stuff back then. That's what we did. So I was, and to be honest, I was the one white kid in building three on the other side of the tracks with no dad in my life, with no certainty of who I was or where I was going in life. Extreme poverty. Mom would wake me up in the middle of the night to kill bugs in the apartment because she couldn't handle it. So that was my first job, official roach and spider killer in the projects. It was fun. So a couple years go by, and she marries my stepfather, who was a, think of this, in the late 70s, a hippie musician and I spent the next several years of my life touring with the band as they played clubs up and down from Atlanta to Florida, Mississippi, Alabama. And I lived in hotel rooms with a hippie band that was well-aversed to weed. So I knew how to cut weed. I knew how to clean a bag. I knew how to de-seed. And we knew every head shop in town. This, again, does not lend itself to a positive reputation when you haven't hit kindergarten yet. Okay, So I, I really struggled with identity. I struggled with what it meant to have a, a good name. And 
I, I'll never forget clinging to the hope. There was a, a rumor that was in our family. I call it a rumor because now I've discovered it's not true. And I was told for years that I was descended, that there was on my grandmother's side a, a descended uh, tribe from the Cherokee. So I was actually Native American. And I actually had a lot going for me, and there was a lot of heritage there that I could lean on. So I, I believed that story for the longest time because everybody in our family said it. And I was like, okay, so I don't have a lot going on, but at least you know, I have this that I can look back into my heritage. And <laughs> this is a fun story. I decided to get my DNA tested to see how much I was really Indian because I tend not to tan. <laughs> that was my first clue, Right? I tend not to tan at all. I tend to turn red, peel, and I'm white again. Is anybody else in that boat? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you. So I was like, why didn't I get this part of the Native American gene? So I got this, this DNA test kit. And, and the kit is you, yeah, I don't want to be too gross, but you spit in a cup. So you spit all your DNA in a cup, and then you mail it back. And then they tell you in a couple weeks what's in your DNA, what makes you you. And I got the test back. Do you know how much Native American blood there was in me? None. None. Not a drop. Not a drop. Everything. They show this map of where you are, and everything was German, Scandinavian, British Isles, like the whitest of white, white, burned skin white, way up here. And then 3%. 3% sub-Saharan West African. So I'm part black. <laughs> but not this part. But if you know that, if you know me, you know that makes so much sense. So, so I really struggled with this concept of, of, of having a name and having a heritage. So much so that when, when my wife and I, we got married and we formed our family, like I, I searched for uh, what does Harvey mean? And so, Trent, bring this up here, because this became so important to me, because I wanted to really make a good name. I mean, I was a Christian at this point. I wanted to have a godly heritage. And so I actually did a search uh, for the Harvey name. And this was, this was the Harvey family history, and that's the Harvey crest. Uh, and, and so I started to try to discover who I was, uh, because... Uh, this mattered to me, like reputation mattered, because where I started from was so bad, and I wanted to end on a, on a high note. But the reality is, no matter what this crest says, God determines the value of your name, first and foremost. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's another good-looking fellow. He's single, young ladies. <laughs> letting you know. He's a good guy. I've known him since he was... <laughs> I've known him since he was a baby. It's okay to pick on him. So listen, that name matters, but God writes your name when you become his child. A good name, if I'm going to give you a couple of good zingers here, a good name doesn't mean you're perfect, but it does mean you're being perfected by the one who is. That's the value of that relationship with Christ. And we know that names matter, even in our own lives, in our daily walk. I mean, if I gave you some names, if, if, let's say you were going to have a baby. Are, is anybody having a baby in here? Anybody? Anybody want to make that announcement now you just found out? <laughs> Surprise. Right, let's give it up for the mommies-to-be. <clears throat> okay. 
So mommy's to be, can I talk to you just for a second? Is that okay? Have you, just raise your hand if you've started thinking of names. You started thinking of names? How many of you have bought the book of names? Somebody has made money writing books, doing nothing more than putting names in alphabetical order. I want that gig. That seems like the easiest way to make money. But have you looked in the baby name books? All right. Anybody? Have you got some good names out there? If I had a, if I had a son again, I th- I'd want a name like Gunner. Right? Or Lars. Those are, those are good, tough. Or like, like Logan. I think that's a good. Like Logan. Like Wolverine. I'd love to name the next. Like lo- Wolverine would be such a good name. Right? These are good names. So when I give you some names, like if somebody was going to come up to you, and, and eventually you're going to get advice. Somebody's going to go, well, I think you should name her, or I think you should name him. And they're going to give you their suggestions on names, because names matter. We, we know they do. So I'm going to give you some names, and I want you to think what comes to mind when you hear these names. What comes to mind when you hear the name Billy Graham? Mother Teresa. Adolf Hitler, Dr. Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Osama bin Laden. Some names get damaged to the point that nobody ever uses them again. That's why nobody's walking around Reynoldsburg named Jezebel. (laughs) Just saying. Names matter. Socrates said this. He said, regarding your good name, as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. Above riches, regard your name, meaning your reputation, as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. The way to gain a good reputation is to endeavor to be what you desire to appear. That's powerful. So we're going to talk about three points on why a good name is better. First, number one, look at somebody say, number one. Number one, Periscope, number one. A good name instills confidence. A good name instills confidence. We all have a trusted business or maybe a trusted restaurant or a trusted car auto mechanic, somebody we trust in town. If you have a favorite place to do business with, go go raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay. If you distrust every place you do business with, raise your hand. If you don't know what I'm saying right now, raise your hand. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Ladies, let me ask you, uh, how many of you get your nails done? Let me see. No, hold them up. I have to see the nails to see if we're truly getting our nails done. Okay. Do you have a nail lady? Does anybody have a nail girl that you want to go to her before you go to anybody else? Anybody? Raise your hand. You do? Okay. So you, have, so you will pass three nail shops to get to your nail lady, right? Because she has garnered what with you? Reputation, right? Good service. Okay. See, I feel that way about a particular burrito shop. I'm not going to name the burrito shop. It's, no, I'm going to name it Chipotle. I, I, I love Chipotle. I don't care who got listeria. I love Chipotle. I don't care what was wrong with the lettuce you ate. My lettuce is fine. I love that place. I still frequent it constantly. It's like manna in aluminum foil. That's an amazing place for me. You can't talk bad about Chipotle to me. I don't know who you are. Wash your hands. Pray over your food. That's good food to me, right? You can't talk bad about it because Chipotle has built a reputation for me. 
right? Taco Bell built a different reputation. I'm not going to talk about that reputation. Some of you know it. Proverbs 10.9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. I had a great opportunity to go to a, a Christian university in Lynchburg, Virginia, Liberty University. Liberty University is the largest evangelical university in America. And there were oftentimes job fairs where large businesses or Fortune 500 companies or companies that, that were hiring would come on campus, typically in the spring, and they were doing recruiting. And we got to talk to some of these businesses because they came out so heavy at Liberty. Now, in the Ivy League world, Liberty's not known because Ivy League is Ivy League. You know, Harvard and Stanford and all those places where you have to talk like your jaws are stuck like this, you know. Yes, yes and, and, and we graduated from Harvard. Yeah? So we didn't have that at Liberty. But what we did have, apparently, was a reputation. Because the, at the school, we learned something called the Judeo-Christian work ethic, which meant you worked, and you worked with integrity. So if you were hired to work 40 hours a week, you actually worked 40 hours a week. And if you were given a 15-minute break, you took 15 and not 20. If you were given a half-hour lunch, you took a half-hour lunch and not 90 minutes. And so the students had garnered such a reputation from previous hiring experiences that they lent their reputation to the name of the school. So businesses would come out in droves to hire students because they were, this was what was explained to me by one business, any school can teach business. The students that come out of here understand hard work and ethics, and that matters. And I can't teach that. I need you to know that on day one. So they love hiring. Well, I thank God that uh, a Christian school would have many Christian students that learned something to the point that their reputation preceded them and that brought them into greater standing in the community and in the business world. A name instills confidence. I, I have a son his name's Matt. Matt's 22 now. Matt's getting married. Matt, Matt's fiance started calling me dad. That freaked me out. I'm just saying. I don't think I'm old enough to have a 22-year-old as it is, much less somebody else calling me dad. But he's going to take the Harvey name, and he's going to give that name to her, and then they're going to make little Matlings, Right? <laughs> And they're going to take on the Harvey name. So what happens with the Harvey name matters. So the way I choose to live my life ultimately influences heritages, right? It does for all of us. So when Matt was younger, though, Matt was well known for lying. I don't know why. Is anybody else, was anybody else a former liar as like an eight or nine-year-old? Be proud. You lying right now if your hand ain't up. You know you lied when you were eight or nine years old. Matt lied when he didn't have to. Matt would lie just to lie when he was eight or nine years old. But we had this situation when he was young. This is fun to talk about him because he's not here. <laughs> Where we lived, he had to come home and I would be at work and, and uh, Christine would be at work, my wife at the time. And he would come home and for some reason, Matt was a pyromaniac. We had these matches that we would light candles with, things like that. He would come home alone and just start lighting matches and blowing them out. And, light, and, and I don't understand why. And he never explained why. But he would leave a pile of burnt matches right beside the TV. It doesn't take Matlock or Sherlock Holmes to figure out 
when your kid's coming home after school at 9, 10 years old, before mom gets home, there's a bunch of burnt matches, and there's nobody else there in the house, he lit the matches. Is that fair to say? I didn't even call a cop for this one, right? I knew he lit the matches. I was like, Matt, why are you lighting matches? Guess what his response was? This is classic. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. Who lit the matches? I don't know. Were the matches lit this morning when your mom and I left for work? No. Okay. Um, did you bring anyone in the house you weren't supposed to? No. Okay. There are burnt matches now. Uh-huh. Who lit the matches? I don't know. They were just there when I got home. Parents, raise your hand if you've ever dealt with that. I know y'all have. I know your kids. So... <laughs> Why was he lying? I don't know. But the thing is, when you lie, and I think you've, if you're a former liar, you know this, when you really get good at lying, you forget what you lied about before, so you have to create another lie to cover up the lie, and then down the, the, the chain, so to speak, you've lied so many times, you really can't remember what you lied about the first time, which I've discovered is why when you ask a child what happened, the pause is they're going in reverse through all the lies to get back to the first lie to make sure they tell the story right again so they don't get caught, right? We know that happens. But when you walk in integrity, it says in the Bible you walk securely. I call it smooth. You walk smooth because nobody has to question what you've said. So when we choose to walk in a good name, it will instill confidence. When you show up at work and you say, hey, I can absolutely do this 40-hour day, 40-hour week job. Sometimes it feels like 40 hours a day, all the nurses out there. But when you don't walk with integrity, when your name doesn't instill confidence, things break apart. Things do break apart. And some of us might be dealing with some of that breaking apart now where, uh, you know, I know I should be putting in that full day's work, but you don't understand. The boss man has been treating me wrong, and I'm entitled to this little bit of extra time. I'm entitled to show up five minutes late. I'm entitled to take off a little bit early because he's out of town or she's out of town. I'm entitled to that. I'm entitled to have this old girlfriend on Facebook messaging me. We're just friends. We're just friends. Nothing is happening yet, because it will. The enemy leads us down paths when our names don't match up. I want to get an A so I don't have to go to summer school, so I'm just going to, it's just a casual glance over. I'm just going to send one quick text message to get this answer just going to ask somebody for the answers to their homework this one time. I'm going to create this compromise one time. It's not really porn. It's, it's just a TV show. It's just a little bit of a video. It's just, it's just, it's just. It's just. The mind is the great justifier, and it will justify your name into the mud if you allow it to. Number two, a good name speaks for you. 
You don't just get to walk in confidence. It actually speaks for you. A good name, a good reputation precedes you. And the best example I know of is in the, the book of, uh, actually the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 9.1. By the way, 2 Chronicles, you're going to find it real easy. It's right after 1 Chronicles. Super easy to find. 2 Chronicles 9.1. This is a story about Solomon and the queen of Sheba. Queen to be. Love that. Queen of Sheba. So here's the story. Solomon is known for what? Anybody know? Wisdom. He's known for wisdom. Solomon is such a wise king. And the queen of Sheba, it says in verse uh, 1 of chapter 9, heard of Solomon's fame. So she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She came to Solomon, and I love this part of of the scripture. She talked with Solomon about all she had on her mind. I'm going to say that again, all she had on her mind, which tells me not only was Solomon known for wisdom, he was known for patience. (laughs) Because, fellas, for a woman to talk to you about all she has on her mind, that's not an evening evening dinner. That's a three, four, five-day process, right? Can I get an amen from any of the men in the house? Anybody? Amen. Yeah, you knew you shouldn't have asked her what's on her mind. You should have let that sleeping dog lie. Now you're going to miss the movie. Now you're going to miss the end of the game, and it's your fault because you asked. I'm just kidding. So listen, this guy's patient. This guy's wise. (laughs) And she says to the king after unloading, after her Oprah moment on the couch, after she gets it all out and she hears the wisdom, here's what she says to the king. She says, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report. I have. I believe God wants us to have a far exceeding report for our names. I believe that when, when, when God comes in and really cleans us up and really changes our lives, what he's looking for is for other people to see us coming down the street and say, oh, I heard good things about you. Oh, I heard good things about Simple Church. But now that I've met you, it's way better than I ever thought it could be. You're way better than I thought you were. That's a great reputation. The, the opposite side of that is somebody meets you and goes, hmm, here's the way I like to put it. Your reputation can go before you, yay, or your reputation can go before you. Hear the difference. A good name speaks for you. A good name instills confidence. Raise your hand if you have ever met someone before you ever met them, if that's you. You already knew them for better or for worse by what other people had told you, which was the sum total of their reputation, right? It matters. One way to think about it is you are building your eulogy every day by how you live. Names themselves don't really have meaning. Names that we're given don't really make a huge difference. But here's the reality We make our name by how we act. So when your walk don't match your talk, people lose confidence in you and your message. Oh, that was good. Can I say that one more time? When your walk don't match your talk, 
people lose confidence in you and your message. If I heard that on Christian TV, I'd have sent an offering in. That was good right there. That was amazing. That'll change your life if you hear that. Think about it. Here's another way to say it. Think of it this way. Never trust a skinny chef or a fat aerobics instructor because someone's lying to you. Listen, if his food ain't good enough, he won't eat it. Don't trust him. And if, 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 the, if the, what's it called, the yoga pants are stretching like, listen, don't trust her. She's not a good aerobics instructor. Her reputation, his reputation proceeds by how they're choosing to live. Your character makes your name. It's not your name that makes your character. You may come from a background similar to mine where daddy's name wasn't as good as it should have been, or you didn't even know daddy because daddy didn't stick around long enough, and you felt saddled with this name. You may be in a situation where because of abuse or sexual violence in the past, you feel your name has been sullied, and you've carried with your, with your history now this marred sense of your name. Now here's what I want you to know. A good name, in closing, point three, will inspire others. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, follow me as I follow Jesus. You should be inspiring. Your life should be inspiring. Your family should be inspiring. Simple church should inspire Reynoldsburg for the name of Jesus. Why? Because there are people who need inspiration. Anybody a trivia buff? I like trivia. Is anybody a trivia buff in here? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Some of the stuff you might know, some you might not. Who, who is the current president of the United States of America? Does anybody know? Okay, okay I just want to make sure. Uh, who is the current head coach of the Ohio State University football program? <laughs> All right, so you know a couple things. All right, who was Miss America in 2003? Who won the Super Bowl in 1981? Who was the MVP of that game? Who won the Oscar for Best Actress in 2007? All these things seemed urgent in the time and pretty important to the people who may have won them. But most of us don't know unless we're super geeking about that type of thing. But I bet you can tell me this. Who was that one teacher you had that inspired you to be something more than you thought you could be? Who knows that person? Raise your hand. Yeah. Who knows the coach that pulled more out of you than you thought you had? Does anybody have a coach like that? Yeah. Who was the friend that was there for you in your deepest need? If you have that, if you have that person's name, raise your hand. Yeah. A good name inspires others. A good name speaks for you. A good name instills confidence. And you might be thinking to yourself, <laughs> but, you know, just because I'm in this church building looking all handsome and beautiful today, you don't know how I've lived. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how bad my reputation is. You don't know how trashy my family is. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the pain I deal with on a daily basis because of the abuse I encountered. I can't hold my head up. You don't know what bullying did to me in school, that I can't walk down the hallway without holding my head up. And you're dealing with some of that inside. If that's you, listen, I want you to know something. Everybody that feels they have a bad reputation, you're in good company. 
you're in good company. Revelations 3.1 tells us this, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Listen, you're in real good company when you're in God's house because my God rewrites reputations by changing the meaning of our name. Oh, he's good at that. Oh, he's so good at changing who you are so that when you go down the street, your reputation precedes you. Romans 3.23 tells us that all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, I did a study on that Greek word all. Would you like to know what the word all means? It means all. Everyone. Everyone has broken and marred their reputation. So for those of you who would say, you know what? I I can't have a good reputation because I'm addicted right now. I I have an opiate addiction. I'm addicted to pot. I'm I'm an alcoholic. I'm dealing with addictions in my life. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to gambling. I'm just addicted at being a mean person. You know what? If that's your reputation, Galatians 5 said God sets you free. Maybe you would say, my name and Christianity don't go together. I'm real far from God. I'm not living like that at all. I, I feel distant or I have gone through such pain in my life. Ephesians 2 says you've been brought near. You've been brought near to God. Maybe you're saying, I have dealt with so much abuse, so much neglect in my life that I feel absolutely unlovable, unacceptable, and worthless. To you, I say, Romans 15 declares that by God, you are accepted. You know what? I'm just a no good, dirty, sinful, filthy, horrible, cussing up a storm, cheating on my taxes, hit people, mean, cheating on my wife, no good for nothing, can't hold down a job, evil, vindictive, get in fights person. 2 Corinthians 5 says you're a new creation. I I don't know your story. I know mine. I shared with you some of it today. And it's true, I don't know everyone's story in here. But for you to hold up your story to say you're too bad, all I have to do to respond is the fact that Jesus is too good. Jesus is too good for your too bad. There is no bad that Jesus cannot redeem. In reality, how you live, what you do with Jesus creates tomorrow's legacy, but it begins today. Last August, my wife went to be with Jesus. Third time with cancer. Took her home. Prayed. Sought the advice of the best doctors, best nutrition. But this third bout, took her home. It was the hardest times of my life came time for her funeral and people came out from everywhere to be there for her funeral and shared the most amazing thoughts and insights. People drove from Virginia and the reason they shared what they shared and I had never seen a place so filled at a funeral for somebody who didn't do something major in the government or the military. I mean, she was, she was just a wonderful nurse, a wonderful wife and a wonderful mommy. The reason is, in those 42 years, she wrote a legacy of loving God and loving others. Simple legacy. And it reflected back. So when I say you're writing your eulogy, you really are. 
You're writing your eulogy by how you live. And the decision you make for Jesus today impacts the legacy you leave tomorrow for your name, for your children's name. The Bible says a, a name, a good name, is to be desired above riches. We have everybody just have a reflective moment with God for just a second. I'm going to ask you just to be respectful of everyone around you. Those of you on Periscope or listening on my podcast, this is your moment too. Just bow your head, close your eyes, just be reflective. Just you and God for just a moment. So I love giving a challenge. And I want to talk to people who would say there, you know what, I'm a Christ follower, first and foremost. I love Jesus. This one's for you. If after hearing what the, the, the Word of God says in this message and hearing things that have been shared, you want to live a life that is more inspirational to please the Father and to help others, and you're saying, you know what, today I'm going to write a better legacy for my tomorrow than I did yesterday. And if that's you, you say, you know what, I really want to live a life that is inspirational for my Father and to help others so that my reputation perceives me for the goodness of God. If that's you, and I just want to pray for you, would you just, with no one looking around, just raise your hand up. Just raise your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. You can put those back down. Let's pray. Father, it's your Holy Spirit that truly changes us. It's, it's your word that changes us. And I pray that as, as hands have been raised here today, that you would continue to work on hearts to help us all to learn to leave a legacy better than we started with, that the past doesn't define us and you can rewrite our heritage. So God, we give our heritage to you. We give our pain to you. We give our addictions to you. We give our bad reputations to you. We give our abuses to you because we know that you make beautiful things out of dust. And we ask you, Lord, to make those changes in our lives. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. There may be those of you who came to Simple Church as a visitor and you realize, you know what, I'm not walking with Jesus. Or maybe you did and you've walked away. Here's what I would say to you. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short. There's not one of us that is good. There's not somebody here in this room that is perfect. But it's through Jesus, through his sacrifice, and through God's forgiveness, we can know God intimately. We can live a life transformed. And if you're saying, you know what, I, I know my walk hasn't been where it, has, it should be, or I don't know this God, or I've walked away from God, but I want a legacy of life where I've had my own bad reputation, and today I am renewing or I am starting that walk with Jesus, and I want to become a Christian. I want to really serve him as Lord and Savior. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Let's pray. Can everybody pray after me? And I don't want everybody to pray aloud. Dear Jesus, go ahead and pray out loud. Dear Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging I'm broken and hurting and sinning. But I know you are the Son of God. You died on a cross to take my sin. And so today, I'm trusting in you because you rose from the grave to give me life. Become my Lord. Become my Savior. Father God, help me write a name and a legacy that honors you. Help me move forward different than I was in my past. And help me understand that my past does not define my future. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.